Hey everyone, welcome to Foxes Have Holes. We have another episode. We're back on the recording schedule. I always have my co-host with me, Brian Go. Gro- go, Brian Go, Brian Go, Go. Brian Grows here. How you doing, Brian? Dude, I am doing well. Um, other than my voice being a little off, um, I apologize. I'm fighting a little cold, but we got to do what we got to do. We're we're back in the. Uh, the 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 cockpit and we're ready to fly this this ship yeah we're ready to go last uh, episode we talked about zion which i love that episode uh, oh so good a lot of good ideas in there a lot of good concepts and something definitely to shoot for not just you know individually but as a society yeah and i think that's our main goal is to build a society and a community that you know has the same ideas and helps each other out sure so. Where, where we where we foster good ideas and we we cultivate those things to not not just benefit a few but to to change just how we think about living on this planet together right. you know yeah exactly yeah. because that's the only way that we can get better is with help from one another and involving one another we can't be selfish or not i guess not the not the word the word's not selfish but we can't be recluse and you know keep goodness to ourselves because that's only going to go so far we got to spread that goodness to everybody else and that's one of our missions here is to yeah. spread goodness absolutely. to everybody else so yeah absolutely i love these conversations and and i hope people that tune in love the conversations and i hope it it spurs things in them that allow them to to think and to to say yeah that's i, I agree with that or no you know i think i think it would be better if we did things this way because i think you know, when it really go, comes down to it, if if we could, you know, take away a lot of the layers of, of, I guess, pride in various forms, we'd all see that we're aiming towards the same thing. <laughs> and, I and, 100% agree and, with that. But, but also, in that same breath, before I lose the thought, when you said that, take away the pride, it... We also don't want to be wrong ever. So like when we share, like we're, we're, we at times hold back ideas because we don't want to bring forth this idea that we've been sitting on and then have it be shot down or told, oh no, but what about this? But that's how ideas get generated. People have to start talking. People have to start sharing these, these ideas that they think are good so that we can build off of one another's thoughts and be edified and receive revelation really is what it, what it is. So. Right. Yeah. We got to be out of our comfort zones to right. do that. So if we're, if we're, if we're too guarded, which I'm, I, I'm trying to be better about, cause I feel like there have been a lot of my time, uh, a lot of times in my life where I have been a little guarded with, with things that I really think and, and things that I'm, I'm wrestling with or trying to figure out and um, being able to kind of verbalize and, and talk with people allows you to put it out there and be like, and, and for me personally, a lot of the times my thought process, you know, I don't make connections until I'm speaking it out to some at like verbally to somebody else. And then when I say it, I go, Oh, that's not, no, I don't actually think that, you know what I mean? Right. Like you're kind of playing in the sand in in the conversation. Well, and I think that's like the experience when you don't actually learn or you don't actually learn what really something is until you apply it until you do it because you can learn all these things and okay well then you need to go apply it and then you go do it and you're like oh i messed up somewhere mm. 
and you say, well, why didn't it work? So you have to go kind of go back to that instruction and be like, what did I miss? Sure. But that only comes if you actually are actually experimenting and doing yeah. what you're trying to learn. Yeah, I saw an interesting video recently where where the guy in it was talking about um, kind of the the gap between knowledge and action. And he said, you know, a lot of the time um, when you're trying to accomplish something, you're into the knowledge mode and you're researching and you're watching videos and you're learning and things like that. But a lot of the times people stay in that for too long and they never get into the applying it, the action, the the doing something uh, with this knowledge that you've gained and things like that. So um, I, I think that's an important distinction that um, – you know, <laughs> sometimes when we when we just are are in that learning phase and not seeing how it applies in the real world with real people in real situations, um, you know, sometimes we can get weird ideas and then we start saying things that just don't ring true. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I mean that came true. That that principle came true to me when after paramedic school because you I, you learned you know practically and academically how to do certain skills and when to apply them. And then they give you a list of symptoms that a patient would present with and like, well, this is a CHF patient or congestive heart failure patient. And this is what you do for that. Well, what they don't tell you is, is that every CHF patient may present slightly differently. They may have some common symptoms, but there may be other things going on that isn't going to be the classic, you know, CHF patient. So you have to actually dig deeper and apply different areas of other patients that you learn from to kind of bring this puzzle together. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, that's li- the application part. You know? Yeah, life is, or learning is is generally like pretty clean. We we you know you read this chapter and you're going to learn this thing. Right. Life is not that no, way. Not that way at all. <laughs> not, man. not that way at all. So throw the book out and you're just kind of rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty and let's move forward. Let's try something out. Exactly. So. That being said, I think when I when I talked to you when I messaged you about you know what a, what we should talk about this next time is time because thinking about you know learning and applying these things and and trying to work for something we always seem to be governed or ruled by the clock and I don't think I don't think that's the way. First of all, God, I mean, God gave us time for a reason. But if we can look at time in many different ways, in my opinion, and what I've learned is that time can either make you its master or you can make time your master. And I think those are the two concepts I kind of want to hit on and maybe discover and explore um, those two sides of the coin. Maybe we'll get into some other um some other topics too with time. But uh, I kind of want to start with what happens when time or you become time's master. Yeah. I mean, when you become time's master, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I've necessarily done that in my life when I really think about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a slave to the schedule. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get up and you do your job, you go to school, like whatever, whatever season in your life you're in. Um, but I think when you really start for me personally, you can only do that for so long before you start feeling like, man, what the heck am I doing? Right. 
Um, you can only do it for so long before you feel like, man, this is just drudgery. Um, going, you're talking about being a slave to a schedule and yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, so it kind of, kind of not, not mastering time, but right. being time's being, master. Right. Yeah. Being time is my time. Time is your master. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's a really, it's a really interesting thing because I think a lot of the time when, when we do let time control us, it's because we, we don't realize how valuable it is and we don't like, we, we lack a certain self-awareness of like what we can use it for because every day we wake up you know, personally, sometimes you wake up and you're like, okay, alarm clock's going off. You got to get in the shower and get something to eat, go to work. Like, and it's just like, this happened yesterday. It's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and you, and you kind of get a little, um, robotic. Yeah. Complacent little, in the time. Yeah. And yeah. You're like, this is just what I do. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I watched this interesting video where the guy was like, how many of you would be stoked if I gave you a million dollars right now? Man, everybody, everybody probably was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll take it for sure. And he said, okay, I'll give you the million dollars on one condition. You don't wake up tomorrow morning. How many of you still, oh, want, still, still want the million dollars? Nobody. Nobody. Raises nobody, nobody raises hand. Hand, yeah. He said, so tomorrow morning, wake up and realize that you have something that's worth more than a million dollars right now yeah like and that's time that's time and your life yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so time is is the res- one of the most valuable resources that we have that we we too often just waste or or think oh we got we got more coming so oh, absolutely there's a steady you take it for granted. Of it, oh, yeah. and we take yeah. it for granted all the time and so i think i think mastering time is just realizing it is finite yeah and there are things that are not worth our time and there's things there there's a spectrum of not worth our time all the way up to the best possible thing you could be doing with your time absolutely and i you saying that I was thinking about um, people who are successful and some of the big, you know, the big names that come to my mind, Elon Musk, he's one of them. He's a really successful dude. Um, there's a lot of uh, professional athletes, um, a lot of business type people who, you know, are successful and because of their passion, because they have chosen to use time wisely they have been able to separate the time wasting things, the things that suck up time and like you were talking about are not as good. And they are able to shift their focus onto the things that will make them progress and become and to get what they want. And so one of the things that I found in common with a lot of these people is they say people waste too much time sleeping. Mm. And I was like, what? Sleep is important, right? And so these people are interviewed and they said, they said, uh, how much sleep do you get a night? He's like, they're like, he's like, I don't know. It just depends on what I need to get done. Mm. And I, I was kind of blown back by that. And I was like, well, they must not have kids. 
<laughs> they must not, you know, and they're like, no, I, these people have children. They have little kids and they're married and they have, they have lives. He's like, no, I, I make time for all that. But before I go to sleep or, um, I just say, okay, well tonight I can only get two hours because I have to do this and this and this, uh, the next day. Or they say the market opens, um, for say they're forex trading, they're doing something like that. Or the market opens in Australia or um, China at this time, and I got to make this trade, so I'm only going to get two hours, and then I got other stuff to do. And so they're so devoted to using time as an asset and using it to their advantage that they will sacrifice things that we think maybe are essential. But they said, you can always make up sleep. That's what, that's their mentality. And then, and so you think about that, you're like, okay, well, that may be a little extreme, right? I, I think so. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, I, to me, I mean, that's like, I mean, I was thinking about this. That's probably a little extreme. Yeah, that, that, like, I know enough about myself that that's, that personally would not, even if, even if I were able to accomplish some of the things that they accomplished, I still don't know if I would be. And and again, I'm just speaking for me. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I would be feeling as fulfilled, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, where, um, and and I've done a, a couple Google searches where I'm like, okay, careers that are time rich, sure. And, like you mean time for yourself and your family? Yeah, yeah I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, my using my time is like I, I want to be able to to use it in a way that I am productive and I'm able to use it in a way that I can do stuff that I want to do, that yeah. I can live life. And, you know, and, and so sometimes I, I struggle with, oh, yeah, you, you can train yourself to only get a couple hours of sleep a night. Yeah, but eventually that's going to catch up with you physically. I know that firsthand. Uh, I know that firsthand. Yeah. Health-wise, yeah. like uh, I, I feel like mentally. Yeah. Um, Eventually, that's gonna gonna catch up you, and maybe maybe they would say, you know, there's ways around that, and there's things that I do to 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 counteract that. Um, but at the same time, like it, to me, it's just like having the self awareness to know what is gonna bring you fulfillment, and and using time to help you accomplish that. Yeah. So to me, it's like if I if I can figure out a way to spend more time with my family out in nature, out doing things that I enjoy doing around people that I love, making podcasts and things like this, being able to use time to, to, um, kind of cultivate creativity and things like that. You know, that's, that's like real success to me. And so, you know, maybe it comes with money, maybe it doesn't. Um, but if I'm time rich, like that's, that's the ultimate to me. That's, that's in recent years that has become way more important to me in my mind than, than like the, the appeal of wealth or, yeah. or getting a lot of money. So that's, that's just a, a, a personal um, kind of finding that I found about myself. I think that's a, a, a good topic to kind of settle on here for a minute being time rich. I like that, uh, that phrase yeah. um, because being time rich is, I think everybody's goal, what you've talked about in a, in, and maybe they are. Maybe people aren't aware of that. Um, maybe that goal. They maybe are looking at it differently, saying, sure. "Well, if I get all this money, 
if I get all this wealth and I'll be time rich, I'll have, I can do whatever I want. I can retire from my job and not be a slave to a schedule, not be the slave to the, to a clock. But I think what ha- people have to realize is that you have to look at where you're at now, financially, um, spiritually, you know, mentally, and you have to start making adjustments with what you have right now to gain more time to do what you want to do, whether it is cutting back on certain expenses that you don't need or, you know, altering your schedule in such a way that you say, well, what am I doing in the day that's a waste of time? And that's super hard because that requires sacrifice and people don't like to do that. But becoming time rich or becoming even wealthy, people have to sacrifice. I mean, you look at people like Elon Musk, oh, he didn't have to sacrifice. He sacrificed a lot. And a lot of it came because of sleep and because of he he was broke for a long time before you know Tesla was born and everything. So you had to everything requires sacrifice to get something, and I think that's a that's that's something so important in order to make time work for us and for us to become time's master. We have to realize that. Well, what do I need to get rid of that's making time my master? Me. I have to go to work. I have to work extra hours to pay these bills. Well, and I, I don't like, cause the thing that I find with myself and, and I don't think it, it works for everybody. Everybody, like when you start saying these things, you're like, Oh, then, well then everybody has to be an entrepreneur. Everybody has to start a business. Everybody has to do that. And that's not necessarily the case. Some people like the, the, um, the structure of, of a work day and like the, the business hours and they're able to get home. It reminds me of parks and recreation, when um, Leslie goes over to Jerry Gergich's house, Gary, Gary, Larry, Gergich, oh, yeah. Gingrich, <laughs> she goes over to his house and um, like, cause he re- is retiring and all this stuff. And like, he had this government job, worked in it his whole life. Like didn't, was never like aspirational to ever like run for office or to like raise up in, in, in the government or anything like that. Um, but he, uh, like he he said, I loved the job because I could come home and be with my family every single day at five o'clock, be with my girls, like see them grow up, have weekends to go on adventures and trips and things like that. And so, you know, what, what structure helps you feel time rich? Some people, that's the structure that really helps them feel like they know exactly when things are going to be happening. And some people it's like, I want, I want the business. I want to be able to be wherever my family is. And if I have to, to sneak away, I have a brother who writes for, for a newspaper and we always go on vacation with him and he'll, he'll go sneak away for a couple hours and do the work that he needs to do. And that works for him. And so it's just being able to figure out how, how we want that resource to be spent. Um, and I, I think we don't, we talk about that financially. And I think a lot of the times we'll, we'll, um, you know, look at our bank account, we'll look at our, our transactions and see what we've spent our money on and say, Oh, I've been eating out a little bit too much this month or whatever. Let's make a change. But how much of the time do we say, okay, let me think back about the last week and the free time I had just the free time, not any other time that I had to be doing other responsibilities. What did I do in that free time? And, and just kind of like make a list and go, Oh man, I wasted some time there. Yeah. There's some, there's some junk in here. Right. And you know, at the same time, like 
sometimes you just need to to decompress and and you know do those time wasting things that unstring the bow sure but when you see when it's like put in front of you especially if you kind of quantify it and say oh man how much time that's hours that's hours yeah hours that i spent on this game or uh scrolling this the social media or, you know, that's the, I think that's the biggest vice right now is social media because you can scroll on there for hours, man. And, and it's, it's just, the, and it's too. just this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, every, like which, which social media site doesn't have the, the short, the short videos right now where, oh, yeah. and, and you get, you get going on that. And by the end, of, <laughs> by the time you realize it, you're like, Oh man, a couple hours have gone past and, uh, this is all I've been doing. I need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wake up in the morning. Exactly. And, and you know, and then that cycle starts again. You're like, Oh man, I've wasted the time and you know, all that kind of stuff. And then those habits form and you know, we fall to the level of our systems. And so if we're not, if we're not figuring out what we do in our free time and, and kind of marry that with where we want to be, and that free time is always going to kind of be nebulous and just kind of be just like wherever it ends up and not directed towards us getting somewhere where we want to be. Yeah. And, uh, I think that as we take a, as we take a census of our time and our, especially our free time, I think one of the keys to success is in gaining control of time is to have a schedule that's actually written out. And that's something that I've been trying to get back into um, because I've noticed, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of individuals out there who come home from work, who come home from uh, whatever, you know, job they have. And they say, I'm tired. I just need a veg. And that's, that's the first thing they do. And you go and you spend that time for yourself doing something that's not productive but then, like you said, you get caught in that time trap and whatever you're doing. And so I think you have to develop a habit of, of not saying that to yourself. I'm tired. And that's really hard to do. And that's something that kind of has stuck out to me is like, why am I always saying, I mean, I, I work night shift. Okay. So I, you know, I, I work, my normal schedule is 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Okay. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's my normal schedule. I work 12-hour shifts. And so when I come home, I mean, it's – and I, I pick up sick people. I treat sick people. So it's it's taxing on you, and and I've gone without – you know, you go without sleep all night most of the time. And so when I get home, yeah, I should be tired. I should take a few hours to go to sleep. But what I've noticed is if I push past – my tiredness and this is just for me and i say on the few occasions that i've done this i'm trying to get back in this habit i go work out not something for me but it's also beneficial for my health mm-hmm. okay i go work out i'll do some i'll jog or i'll get on the bike or i'll go lift and i usually do all that stuff and i eat a good breakfast i feel not as tired and then i'm able to take my kid to school and spend that time with him in the car and talk to him and, and help my wife get his lunch ready. And I don't do this all the time because I'm just trying to get back in the habit, but I've noticed that I'm actually able to stay up and get some things done before I go and take my, my sleep or my nap before my next shift. 
And what I've noticed is that when I, on those days I do that, I require less sleep for some reason. I only, I only sleep by four hours and I'm able to get up and actually do more things. And so it's pushing past and getting into that mentality of, no, I'm taking control of my life. I'm not going to let anything dictate what I choose to do. I'm not letting anything, any feeling, any emotion choose my action. I'm going to say, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm making that decision and I'm telling time, this is what I'm going to do with that this, this time. Sure. And I think the really interesting thing about it too is it is literally like seconds to maybe a minute of decision. Um, and, and I think the other thing is I think we really underestimate how much time it's going to take to do something good for ourselves, like a workout. You know, sometimes we think, oh, man, I'm going to have to work out, and that's going to be another hour. But, like, it could be 30 minutes. It could be 30 minutes. It could be 15 it minutes could. of of, of Just a jog or something, man. A jog yeah. or, or sprints or, you know. Do some push-ups and sit-ups and call it a day. Yeah. And and if you and if you do that, just you, you just start. You get past that 30 seconds, that, like, I really think it's, like, 10 seconds where we're, where we're deciding. But it's a battle, too. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, I know. And so making it easier on yourself and, and realize it. And I, I am so guilty of this all the time of thinking I want to do that, but it's going to take forever. It's going to take yeah. so long um, where I get into this, like all and nothing. And it's ironic, isn't it's it? Like, because we're like, I'm either going to spend three hours on this thing that I want to do, or I'm not going to do it at all. And I'm going to veg out. I do the and, same thing. And which one is yeah. more appealing? Really? Yeah. I'm going to veg out. What is the path of least resistance is I'm tired. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, and I'm so like that too. Like, I don't want to start a project unless I can finish it. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's going to take three hours to get this done. And you can't, you can't deal in absolutes like that. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I hear. <laughs> but, um, you can't, you have to say, no, I, I think that's where that schedule comes in. It's so important having a written schedule is like, well, no, I can spend an hour in this or 30 minutes and then I'll come back to it later. I mean, that's the mentality we have to kind of get in is take what you can and maximize the time you have been given and make it productive. Yeah. I, I just think it, it, um, those are the ways that you build the life that you want. Um, whatever it is, whatever you want to be doing, um, that is, that is the way to do it. It's built on 15 minute blocks, 30 minute blocks, like consistently every day. And then that exponential return that comes, uh, I, I think is, is something I've done at certain times in my life, mission in college. Um, there have been certain times where I've been really good at it and there's some, some times where it's been really bad, but I think going along with that, like when you, when you don't do it, your life is going to kind of, life is going to keep going and it's going to take you somewhere Yeah, and you might not like where you end up and, and then you get down the road and you're like, what the heck am I doing? And I've had some of that recently in my life where I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, do I, do I even know who I am? Do I even know what I enjoy anymore? Like, or am I, am I just kind of. Beep, bop, zorp, 
like yeah. roboting through life or like going through life without without a conscious awareness of of what's happening in the present. I'm either living behind me in the past, worried about the things that I did or said, or in the future and thinking about the things that are coming. And I think that's the one that's that gets me a lot of the time. And um, you know, then you start to form habits based on those things and you're not living right now. And really time, that's all it is. Like you have right now and that's it. That's it, man. You that, can't grab future. You can't grab past right. like you have right now. Right. That is, uh, again, I was going to talk about, that's, that's awesome because a thought that came in my head, okay, what you're saying, and this is going to go, I think, hand in hand with what you're saying. So Elder Bednar talked about balance and like, this was out of fireside. And this guy stood up and he asked him, he's like, Elder Bednar, he's like, how do you, how do you balance all these things? And he's like, he kind of looked at him. He's like, okay. He's like, have you ever seen a Chinese acrobat and plate spinning? Yeah. Have you heard this story? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have heard this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he tells him, he goes, he goes, look, I'm, he's like, I'm a Chinese acrobat spinning plates on sticks. He's like, I maybe have three or four going at one time. He's like, but I have to take time and each one of them. And it's a balancing act. He's like, I'm going to spin here and I'll let that one go for a while after I'm done spinning it. And I'll go to the next one. The next one, the key is not letting any of them fall. And that's the key. And one of the stories he related was when he was a stake president um, and his stake was super spread out and he had to like travel like miles to get to like ward conferences, state conferences, and things like that. And his son sometimes would stop him. He was very small. He said, daddy, can you play with me today? And he would sit there and he said, well, if I stop and play with my son right now, I'm going to be really late or potentially miss this ward conference or state conference. But if I leave right now and, you know, not play with my son, then I'll, I'll make it. And he said, there would be times where I said, yeah. And he stayed and he played with his son because he knew that plate was about to fall. And how he knew, I mean, I think what, what the key is he never balanced more plates than he could handle. And that's something that I think we're talking about looking in the past, looking in the future. And then when you look in the future, especially you start to grab like the whole China cabinet and you start to, oh, I got this coming and this coming. And that's dangerous because then everything crumbles and falls and you're left just in ruin and you're depressed and you don't know who, like you said, you don't know who you are anymore. You're kind of just like, am I even happy with what's going on? And that's happened to me. And I've had that same type of feeling because I'm always, I, I felt just until recently that like I've been always looking for toward the future and I've been missing out on the now and living in the now is one of the hardest things any of us have to do because a lot of us maybe take, I mean, we take it for granted. We always take what's in front of us for granted. I think a little bit and we always, and as human beings, we have the divine characteristic of trying to progress and progression is always forward. And so, but in order to, be successful, you have to pay attention to what's in front of you because if you try to jump over a bridge or a gap that isn't filled by a bridge that you need to build in order to get to the next step, 
you're not going to be, the gaps are just going to get wider and wider apart, farther apart. You're going to fall into a hole somewhere. So we have to take that time to structure out our day to make sure we're taking the correct steps and not grasping forward or backwards and be like, well, if I can just get to this next thing or this next thing, we have to say, no, where am I at right now? How can I make this situation better? And then this situation will propel propel me and put me on the right path to where I want to go. I think that's really key. And I think it goes kind of with what you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think when we look at the plan, when we look at the, the big P plan that our father in heaven has created for us, um, we, we know what this time that we're given here is for. We know it's finite. We know it's for our progression. It, we know, as you were talking about there, we know that it is, it is, um, I'm going to sneeze. Maybe not. Say watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Watermelon. (laughs) Okay. I think we're good. Um, So our whole thing, now is the time to prepare to meet God. Yes. Is to progress, to learn as much as we can about him, to try uh, our best to gain the experiences in this life that we have come for, um, to find purpose in this life, to... um, become something that we couldn't become before we were here. We lived before we were here. We couldn't become anything more without this, without the time that we have here. And when we think about it like that, like it becomes big, it becomes big. And, and there is that danger of thinking it too big and thinking, um, celestial is hard. Like, yeah, that is a that is a high high mark to reach to try to jump over the bar on that is is hard you know what i mean like and to so, shoot for the celestial is that what, well, yeah because yeah. cuz what do you need to be you have to be perfect yeah, right yeah that's like yeah. be ye therefore perfect and so when yeah. we see that and and if we look too far ahead and say impossible can't do it. Yeah, you missed the mark there. We're missing the mark. Yeah. We're, we're we're not understanding. Um, one thing that I that I used to do in seminary um, was I would talk to my students about celestial moments, and and I want to set this up really quick. Um, how I used to in class um, in now I can't remember if it's Swedish or I think it's a, a Swedish word huga. Yeah, I think it's Swedish. Yeah, sounds Swedish. It sounds Swedish. Yeah. So <laughs> if I'm wrong, we'll, we'll we'll print a retraction on this. Maybe it's Dutch, um, but there's not a, a a perfect translation to to English for it. But it's kind of a level of comfort, a level of satisfaction, a level of um, of fulfillment, contentment. Um, perfect inch log, it kind of <laughs> the same kind of idea. Yeah. But huga is just like I like everything is just completely comfortable. So like the the scenario that they they paint the picture with is like you've just been up in the Swiss Alps going skiing, snowboarding for the day. You've gotten back to the cabin that you're staying in. 
you've lit a fire, you've changed out of your, your, your snow gear and you're in your, your favorite clothes, drinking your favorite warm beverage, uh, just enjoying the company that you're in. You're talking, you're not talking. It is just like, and then you look out the window and it started to snow and it's just like, like you can feel that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I can feel that. Like yeah. When I can you feel hear it. that description, you're just like, oh, I feel it. Yeah. And so with my seminary students, I would say, what does the celestial kingdom smell like? What does the celestial kingdom sound like? What does the celestial kingdom feel like? What does it taste like? And so I'd, I'd, I'd ask them to use their physical senses to think of the best experiences that they've had in their life the best things, the best things they've ever tasted, the best things they've ever like heard, the best things they, the, 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 um, the best conversations they've ever had. Think about the best of your life. And to me, when you, when you do those things and you recognize those things, you go, you can, you can realize these moments where you're like, I'm seeing celestial things. Or I'm seeing what celestial could be like. So I think of like what is celestial? What does the celestial kingdom taste like? Well, it tastes like my mom's shredded beef tacos after fast Sunday <laughs> because she'd start making it in the morning and it would smell amazing. And you're like, I can't have that. And then we'd get home from church and it was just like everybody comes in and it's just like, oh my gosh! And it's like it's not just that the food is really good, but you've just spent time fasting. You've just uh, you're surrounded by family. Like this tastes so good. Like like there's more than just like the taste about it. There's like the whole experience in it. And so I think, uh-huh. I think sometimes those moments like transcend time and I'm like transported back just talking about it. Like I'm transported back to that time. And I think that's really when, when the scriptures say, remember, I think that's like, remember the time you were with me. I think oh, that's yeah. what heavenly father is saying. Remember the time that we were talking about what you would be going to do, what you can become the whole plan, remember those things. Um, and I think when we have those spiritual experiences, those things we can't necessarily describe with words a lot of the time, it's us being transported back to a different point in time, you know? Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with that. And I think it's such a, and I mean, the concept is, I think it's pretty vital to finding happiness here what you're saying because we have to be able to look at the experiences that we have endured in this life taken in and be able to go back to those times of of like what you're saying it pure happiness and joy and realizing that those are the those are the moments that we can call upon to remember that there's something a lot better waiting for us after this this life because i mean those i mean obviously those things are good. your mom's shredded beef tacos after you know fast sunday that's a memory for you that's like that's what the celestial kingdom is as far as what it tastes like uh for you in this life and it, i think when you when you ask the question what does the celestial kingdom taste like and then you bring that you 
you make the celestial kingdom like an attainable real reality because you have that question and you're relating that moment and that experience to something that is outside of our understanding at the moment. Because we know that through certain experiences and through others others accounts of what they have seen the celestial kingdom to be, they said it's beyond words. Mm. They can't, they're like, we can't, I can't tell you how it feels because nothing in this life, right, compares to that. Sure. And so they try to like, you know, put it into words that we can understand. And then we start to, we, we sit there and we're like, well, that that's how you feel. And so we have to draw upon our experience and say, well, this is what I imagine it to be. And how good was that life or had that experience? And then if you realize that, well, the celestial kingdom is going to be infinitely better. It makes you want to progress, but living in that moment and finding the moments that um, will re- make us remember who God is, because, like you said, He wants us to remember the time we had with Him. Yeah, and the only way we can do that is 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 to stop and to live in the moment in this period of time. Time's a wonderful gift we have been given, but we, it can be a curse for a lot of people. Sure if they don't understand what it's for and how it is to be used. We do mismanage time. We misuse time. We abuse it. And we do things with time that could potentially, and a lot of the times do, bring sorrow and a little bit of of, uh, of hardship. So the, the, the key and the goal is to find out, well, how do I use time correctly? How do I manage time. And that's something that's been, there's self-help books about how to manage time. There's a a hundred thousands of probably speakers and people, books say, this is how you use time correctly. This is how you manage your time. Do this, 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 and this. But what we're, I think what we're saying here is that everybody has a structure that is, that is personal to them, that works for them. And to become time rich is going to be an individual matter where you have to find out what's important to you. What is what does being time rich mean to you? Is it playing hours of video games? Does that really make you happy? Because I know there's people out there that make a living doing that. Sure. And and to us, to me, no, it's that's not what it is. Because I have I've, I have responsibilities with children and and uh, you know a wife, and I have other goals in mind to make me time rich. Mm-hmm. But we have time. That's something every day we wake up with. We have 24 hours every day to do something with. Yeah. And so the, in that in that time bank account that we have that day, what are you going to use? How are you going to use it? How are you going to spend your time? That is entirely up to you. And so you have to make those decisions consciously every day. Mm-hmm. So I think our families need to be involved in that too. I think something, I mean, thinking about, just sitting here thinking about, it, I was like, my wife should be involved with how we use our time together as a family. Because to me, spending time with my family every day makes me time rich. And helping my wife and helping my children learn new things, I'm time rich that way. And going to the park, you know, teaching my son Landon how to play a sport or you know, teaching him a new skill in life, teaching Serena right now her ABCs and her numbers and getting her ready for kindergarten. Those are things that 
I, I love to do as a dad and being a dad is very important to me. Being a good dad is very important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, we just have to choose to use time wisely. Use that time bank account to the best of our ability every day. And if we make mistakes, you got another 24 rolling around, but don't take that time for granted because eventually it will run out. Right. So Brian. Hey, I'm going to go use some time wisely. Sounds this. That sounds good, man. Yeah. Until next time, you guys have a good day. Use that time wisely 